Maker and welcome to the Opening Up podcast where we are peeking into the heads and hearts of extraordinary people from all over the world. I'm your host, Karolina Kvash. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends or use the currency of feedback and give it a little review on iTunes. This will really help the show to spread to people that have never heard about it and who might find it fun or inspiring. Okay, so first a little bit of housekeeping today because I have decided to make the opening up episodes part of my Czech podcast Getsani Bezdelani as well. Um, you will actually hear me discussing this with Ariel in today's episode, but Basically, there's a long thinking process behind incorporating English-speaking episodes into my otherwise Czech-speaking podcast and my dilemma, a constant and ongoing dilemma, whether I should blend and put these together or keep them separate. Anyways, long story short, I started the opening up podcast separately as I was thinking I could make this into an ongoing project, but I'm realizing this is probably not going to happen because it's just way too much for me to maintain. And so from now on, you'll be able to find all my English speaking conversations with people from all over the world in my Ketani Bezdelani podcast because that is actually my main and more consistent project so it kind of makes more sense to me at the moment. So today I'm talking with Ariel Anderson who's a mother, a coach, a host of the podcast called Imperfect Parenting and she's also an American expert in Czech Republic where she has lived for over 20 years. I have actually first connected with Ariel when she invited me onto her podcast and it was an instant connection because as you will hear in today's episode, we've got so much in common that it's actually crazy. We're talking about many different topics in today's podcast as it was kind of a very natural and intuitive conversation, but a lot of it revolves around living abroad and trying to fit fully into a different culture, the clashes between different mentalities and seeing the world through different lenses of different languages and how that changes you. Also, We discussed trying to work out our businesses in two different languages, changing identities, becoming a mother at age 46 and being swallowed whole by this experience. We talk about being happy and unhappy at the same time or finding the loves of our lives and trusting your heart and inner knowing despite feeling absolutely crazy. Today's conversation is very rich, I think. Personally, I found it very inspiring again, so I hope that you will have the same experience. And now, finally, let's get to it. So, hi, Ariel. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming. Hi. Hi. Nice to see you, Carolina. Yeah, nice to connect nice to with you. you again. So... Yeah. I was thinking, first of all, I've got many things I want to ask you and talk about. But first, I was thinking maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself, like who you are, what you're up to, what you're passionate about at the moment, because for me, it changes all the time. So I'm not asking <laughs> in general, but at the moment. 
That's a good question at the moment. I am very similar, which is, I think, why we can so easily talk when we get together. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm at the moment, at the very moment, I'm actually in Sweden, just north of uh, Stockholm in the archipelago at my husband's family, Hatta, or little cabin. And uh, we live in Prague at the moment. Uh, I say at the moment because I'm actually from Northern California and we've made a big decision that we're going to be moving there in a couple of months. So a lot of transitions going on. But at the same time, when there's transition, even though it's absolutely mad, there's a lot of creativity bubbling up. So uh, I'll get into that in a second. But basically, I've had, I, I thought about it the other day, I would say something like 22 different job career twists in my life. Um, I think most of it is because since I was quite young and I'm, you know, including babysitting and, um, I don't know, working in wellness and working in corporate and doing training and NGOs, I think for me, life has always been about learning, learning something new and learning to understand other people. And, um, so once I learn something, I'm like, hmm, okay, moving on, or I take a piece of whatever I've been in and I take it to the next thing and kind of combine them, which is, I think, where I am now. So uh, before my daughter was born three years ago, uh, I was doing coaching and some training and retreats and things in, in Prague and occasionally in California. Um, have not been doing a lot <laughs> except for taking care of our daughter and a little bit of coaching while I was uh, pregnant in the early years of Al. But now I think it's it's really shifting towards, um, well, I've been podcasting, again, taking that learning and trying to help others to understand one another and as well come back to their own purpose. And I think basically that came, everything shifted as a mom, as you know as well. Things are not always exactly as you intend. I was a very, was, am a very strong, independent woman who came from a long line of strong, independent women on both sides of the family. And it, 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 it there was the whole discussion of I'm not going to let motherhood swallow me mm -hmm. up. My kid is going to be, you know, independent. I'm going to have space for myself. I'm going to work. I had all these ideas since I was 18, I think. And then even, you know, I deluded myself at 46 to think the same thing would happen when I had Ella. And it was a shock. I, I knew that kids were full on. I mean, I'd taken care of kids. I'd been a teacher at an international school. I got it. I'm not a you know, moron, but I underestimated the yeah. power of child and especially one that's very intense and aware and sensitive on the planet. Uh, and so I think that, yeah, I got swallowed whole by the dramas in our bonus family, uh, my uh, husband's family on his that he'd created and from his Swedish family there was a lot of stuff going on and then I just was drowning and I was for the first time sort of happy and unhappy at the same time which was strange and I just was like where am I who am I what's going yeah. on I've always known exactly who I am and and my path to some degree um, was about connecting with people mm. um, helping them and myself kind of keep in our happy fulfilled zone whether it was in even in corporate or or in wellness or whatever in my life with my friends and so suddenly I was in this really weird place I didn't think was familiar, I wasn't familiar with so my husband lost his job last year and he we had he said let's just you know let's play around and do some podcasts so we were in the car 
we recorded three or four different topics, different things, uh, corporate and pe- imperfect parenting, because I'd done some writing on that and what it is to go from, you know, money to no money. And, you know, mm-hmm. we did a bunch of different things and we ended up landing on two different podcasts. I never would have done it if not for him. But I think the, the main thing came from I was tired. Uh, I didn't want to suffer anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't want my friends or anyone, any other mother. I mean, I say parents, but I know that right now what's in my heart is moms. Yeah. Because I feel like, well, every partnership is different and there are always exceptions to the rule, of course. You know, there can be a man out there who's also the at-home mom, dad, and can feel the same way. But I feel like a lot of us uh, moms take it in a different way. My husband can just leave the house a mess. She can be screaming and he's like, I'm going for a bike ride. And my heart is being ripped out. Like yes. when I try, I'm like going to go for a coffee for an hour with a friend and Ella's mounting down and I feel it totally different. So I just feel that, you know, we experience it differently and, and you know, anyone's welcome to prove me wrong. But uh, so I, I feel this deep compassion and empathy for myself and others. And, and I really think that uh, I, I just committed to it has to be different. And I don't know how one way or another. And for me, it started with meditation and doing sort of some rituals each morning before Ella woke up, or even if she was just waking up, that she had to respect this few minutes that's mine to center myself, to clear the energy, check in with what's going on with myself, and um, really kind of put the intentions to to be on my own path and therefore be able to serve others. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's where I am right now is trying to figure out that as a way to support our lives and to serve the people that I'm, you know, hoping to inspire to not get in a place where I would, or to move out of the place that I So I think that's where I am now is creating a lot of things from that Mm -hmm. and watching how that evolves as we move to California. And what a great way to connect with people as well. Like when you, I feel like motherhood really isolates you all of a sudden, especially today like it's it's quite ironic actually in many ways because you are constantly connected with everybody everywhere all the time via the internet but then and obviously you go out and you work somewhere and you've got so many connections but once you become a parent like everything changes you're isolated at home definitely as a mom for at least a couple weeks when the kid is 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 a baby you know and then a newborn it's so fragile and you're so worried about um, him or her becoming sick or whatever and and not even that but your entire life pace and everything changes so much and all of a sudden you live like in a parallel universe to everyone else who doesn't have kids or has older kids or you know I don't have to explain you what I'm talking about right <laughs> so no I'm finding that like podcasting like this connecting with people like you that I would otherwise never connect with is just so yeah therapeutical actually and so healing just to share these stories with one another and knowing like oh people from completely different cultures you know from somewhere across the whole globe actually feel the same like I do and they experience the same things that's the best for me personally about podcasting and connecting with people even if it's not about motherhood and parenting uh per se you know I I think uh a combination of how many people I've heard, like friends or even just random people on the on the playground when I see how um, how much suffering is happening, that people really do feel like, oh, I'm the only one who who had an intention to be this amazing mom or dad. And then I yelled at my kid and I feel like the worst person and no one else is doing that because look, on social media, everybody's happy and smiling and jumping in the 
in the sand at the beach and no one has problems. It's only me. And I think, uh, you know, we know that's not true on one level, but there's a deep feeling that it is at the same time. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe also in connection with the, the current politics, which I'm not deep into and I'm not diving into now, but the politics in my country, my home country now, uh, also makes stirs something that, that I want people to realize that we are in the essence, very much similar around the world. And we might have some bits of culture that are different, that makes our view different, but the humanity part is yeah. real. The, the tiredness or the trying to create yes. and trying the to emotions. be the, parents the, the emotional time. experience yeah. is not the same. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. I, I love sharing these stories. <laughs> it's amazing. And so, having the conversation. So. Yeah, sorry, I totally interrupted you. I'm sometimes like that. My thoughts are just jumping in my head and I'm like, oh, I gotta say it before it goes. I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm the- <laughs> um, Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about your expert experience living in Czech Republic, being American originally, and now you told me you decided to move back to California. So what led you to that decision and had like talking about cultural differences and, you know, environment uh, where you live or parent even has had any um, effect on this decision or I guess that's yeah. a lot of questions in one. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll all come through. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm just trying to get comfortable here. Um, it, it was, it's been an emotional decision because for mm-hmm. me, my husband's been there for 10 years, but uh, and, and for him, it's difficult because you know, he has kids from a previous marriage in Europe and to leave the continent was a huge thing. I mean, he applied for a hundred different jobs before, you know, we made this decision because it was tricky, you know, for me, it's been 22 years that I've had a relationship with the Czech Republic. Um, I did go back to the States for a little bit. I traveled in Australia and New Zealand for a bit, but you know, it's been basically Czech Republic on and off since 1997. And it's uh, and I had the intention of being there for a long time. And at one point, it was forever. It was only when a friend asked me, "Where do you think you want to die?" And I said, "Do you want to die here?" And I said, "No." And I was surprised by my own answer. It made me reflect on on things and why I felt that way when I had been working towards being there forever. Uh, but the the shift really came a few years ago. Ah. When I was no longer single, I started to notice the difference in how things were going um, in the community. I felt somehow less connected as a couple with a non-Czech or Slovak. Mm. Something shifted there. And uh, I think from both sides, if I want to say. And basically... I came to a truth that was very hard for my heart, which is no matter how much, okay, you know my check isn't perfect for, by any means, but no matter how, how hard I was trying to learn the language, how much I was trying to acclimate but also still be myself, I always felt like an outsider. Mm. And I never understood the language perfectly enough that if I got a letter from the sociality, the social office or... Well, make no mistake, even if I get a letter like that, I don't understand a single word, okay? Because that's a very specific alien language that I think is written with the purpose of like making it you feel like an absolute idiot so that you feel and like... And a scared oh, idiot because they always yes. have big capitals of like, you have three days to totally. do this and you just got totally. it a day ago and it's, you know, yeah. Uh, your your life is going to end if you don't respond in the right way, but yes. we're going to confuse you on the way. That's how I feel uh, as well, yeah. and it's my mother language, so... 
(laughs) Somewhat comforting. But I think that not even being able to navigate it without help, you know, Mm. I think um, in just that, but even like messages that come up on the phone. And of course, we have Google Translate, but it's less than perfect to say the least. So I think that that's been, that has been coming up and uh, we would have stayed probably until retirement. That would have been, that was the plan actually. Uh, but I think that, um, so my, my husband was, and the other Yednatel of his company were fired. It was more of a political move. He'd been there for 25 years in the same company in three different locations or two essentially. Uh, so I think if, um, the big part of the decision was, okay, well, we were staying because of the great work. You know, he had this really solid job. I can coach anywhere in the world. You know, like I, I've done it via Skype and, you know, you can do all kinds of things, classes and things. So for me, it, it could be anywhere. Uh, the main two things was um, feeling like we'd never fully be a part of the community. Feeling like, uh, okay, now you don't have a job. So if we don't find work, then we need to think about where on the planet we are going to be. And where do we feel the most connected, have some Mm -hmm. community already? Yeah. Um, Weather is a huge issue. No matter how much we try to acclimate, it's actually easier for me as a Californian, whereas the two Swedes, my daughter and my husband, they go insane. When the weather gets bad, they're just grumpy. So it's seven months of grumpy. And it's really tough. And and not to mention that, you know, most of the country. So it's, it's really that part. I think we need more days on our bikes. And yeah. um, outside, um, I'm an outside person. We like to go barefoot. It's there's so much part of who we are that wasn't grooving with with uh, with it. Uh, at the same time, you know, our community is there. We have friends, and there are people who are yeah. like our family are there. And it's hard to leave that community. Ella, all of her close friends are yeah. in Prague and right? outside. So of course that's a big decision. But at the same time, the school situation was a bit challenging. Um, as neither one of us is a native Czech speaker, for me, it's not okay to put her in a Czech school, a Czech only speaking school, I should say. Um, if it was bilingual, maybe, but my experience of bilingual in Czech, unless they're international schools with a huge budget, is that you get somebody coming in, you know, for an hour a day. And that's for me, uh, I don't know, it would be awkward. So, that must and the schools been... are really expensive <laughs> that are international yeah. schools and, yeah. you know, it's a big investment, so. I don't know. Well, she's not in school at all now. So, <laughs> but going back to like the the isolation we were talking about before, like that must have been even more intense for you in this scenario and environment when you didn't really feel like, or you don't really feel like, you have ever fully put your roots in, and that you could fully become a part of it. I think uh, it wouldn't be an issue. How can I put this politely? Hmm. No, you don't need uh, to be polite. That's okay. <laughs> you can't even the, the, swear. <laughs> right. I, freedom. Uh, no, I, the, the truth of the matter is really that uh, I think that finding your people, even in your own language, and uh, meaning your ohana, your, your circle, your core values, your alignment with, with people on a spiritual, mental, energetic level is hard anywhere on the yes. planet. Now you add to it the language factor, and I found that I could find these people, but not all of them would then speak English, so then it was really hard for me. I, I can only speak about an hour and a half before I get a headache in Czech if I'm speaking in Czech language, and then I feel frustrated. So even going to, I went to workshops, I went to seminars, I went to weekend retreats, 
And I found it a bit painful because I felt like there was a magic happening. I couldn't relax into a meditation even or yoga class because when I relax, I can't also be doing multiple languages. I need to just relax. Yeah. And it's not that there's nothing in English, but then there might be three teachers. And what if I don't connect with those? Yeah for example. And it's the same thing with the community. Yes, there's plenty of people to talk to. And I've met some great moms. And I have some great mom friends. Do all of them align in my core values? No. A lot of them are really lovely people. They're lovely moms. The way we think is similar for momming to some degree. And they, the kids get along. But I don't think there are that many that I really feel aligned with. And that's super important for me. And I think about it also, you know, we talk about Josefina, it's for Ella. I grew up in an environment where it was really normal to do volunteer work and to give and to um, have a certain mentality of sharing ideas and cooperating, which is not the average natural thing to do in the community in mm. Czech. And I get why. I look back at the history and, and what people were forced to do, and I, I totally understand. And I don't want that for my daughter. Yes. And the fact that the main line in Czech Republic is, it's not possible, is the first thing people say before anything else, is tough. It's heartbreaking. There's a lot of lovely people. I just can't connect to all of you. So I'm sorry. I would love to. But it's a big multifaceted decision. And and, you know, know, I tell you, even me as a as a Czech person, you know, by (laughs) birth and by mentality and by spirit, really, that that's who I am. I am Czech. And now I'll be becoming Australian. I'm going to have my citizenship interview in October. But I know that's big. Like if you asked me six years ago, you know, or if you told me, oh, you were going to be, you're going to be an Australian citizen one day, I would be like, yeah, how would that happen? (laughs) Well, there you go. But anyways, what I was going to say is that for me personally, like all these things are heartbreaking like what you were saying, I experienced exactly the same thing living in Australia and being Czech. So I have it the other way around than you do. But it's, it's so interesting how, well, traveling, but obviously living in a different country may, you know, puts it into a whole different level that on one hand, like you appreciate what you have back home so much more but you also become so much more critical of all the negative aspects that you couldn't see before because you just didn't have that perspective of the outsider, right? You were right in the middle of everything and it's really difficult yeah. to see things uh, from a little bit of a different point of view. And now like exactly what you're saying. So for example, living in Australia, the mentality here, like you can, it's it's funny because we still hang out mostly with Czechs actually. We do have Australian <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we do have Australian friends, but like you're saying, like the mentality and even like sense of humor and, you know, things that are really like somewhere deep underneath that you don't have to explain to anybody the way how you think, how you process things, even some values, like really, you know, deep level values that you share and you don't even know about it. It's unconscious. It's already there yeah. and it's so much more effortless and you know, you don't have to put that much energy into the connections with people who are from the same culture as with making connections with somebody who is a different mentality. On the other hand, every time we go back to Czech Republic, I'm like, like, when can we go yeah. back? Because it, because of what you're saying. And oh, so we're in... The, hello, hello. Oh, can you hear me? It's frozen. Wait a minute. Hello. Yeah, it just, you just froze for a second there. 
I'll yeah, go when you go back to Czech Republic, there's the things that drive you crazy, right? Yes, like, and, and we like, have in well, the US well. Well, you know, like what you mentioned as well, it's kind of banal, but the weather, it's like, I, I was actually <laughs> thinking last time because we went to Czech Republic for Christmas this last time, so it was in the winter time, and I was thinking, okay, so if we had the weather like in Sydney, in Prague, would everybody be just smiling? I'd be so much happier. Because in a way, I believe people are like flowers. You know, you just, the sun comes out and it's not like, you know, you're almost like on drugs when the sun is out. And that makes so much difference, the weather. And even the level of freedom that it gives you in terms of yeah. how much time you can spend outside. Then especially if you have kids, because if you are, forced to be indoors all the time there's no way how you're not gonna kill each other basically you know <laughs> so all these things that you're talking about and exactly the volunteering the sense of community connections like in a way i feel like czech people can actually make more intimate relationships in a shorter period of time on like a deeper level than what i feel we can for example make here with australians but on the other hand, like the everyday small talk interactions feel so hostile sometimes. And you're like, oh, OK, I didn't mean anything. I just wanted to, you know, ask what the time is or whatever. <laughs> just, and, and I didn't want <clears throat> to, did, I didn't mean anything bad by, you know, looking at you or whatever. So, yeah, it's interesting. I feel it very similarly to you and like making the comparison, because obviously same for us having roots in Czech Republic, living here now, we're constantly thinking about, oh, should we move back for a while, even for Josefina to kind of be with her grandparents and all these issues that you have if you're an expert somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'm also thinking like, you know, I want her to grow up in an environment where people are nice to each other and it's, yeah. that's the norm, you know, and that like people, people are not suspicious of one another and you can leave your bag with your wallet and your phone on the beach and come an hour later and it's still there and you don't have to worry about somebody picking your pockets all the time or things like that. It's funny that you're talking about that because um, it's one of the issues we have with uh, this whole shipping things back thing. Mm -hmm. We're having an issue with insurance because we don't have a home on the other side. We'll be living with my mom basically in California and... Uh, and they're like, so we can insure you. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I said, so our boxes are going to be sitting in Czech Republic and everyone's going to know there's no insurance on them. What's the point of doing it? <laughs> like, unfortunately, mm -hmm. we still have the experience that, you know, even my mom's birthday cards don't get to us. You know, if she puts like yeah. a coin in it for Ella or something, it makes me sad because I think that, you know, it gives people not a very great impression of Czech. And I do love Czech. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot I do love about it and a lot that drives me nuts in the US. So well, you know, you, you've lived there for 22 <laughs> years, so you must like it a lot. <laughs> Otherwise, you you wouldn't live there for so long. Well, I, I actually liked the, you know, in the beginning, the novelty of the sort of darker soul mm -hmm. and the darker days created a lot of internal time for creativity, which I really liked. It was only at a certain point I started to feel like, does everything have to be so hard? <laughs> like, it, it yeah. felt like... And, you know, here I'm with a Swede now, and his society is very similar to Czech. His mentality, very similar. I said, how did I end up with a Czech person who's not a Czech person? What happened here? You it's know, the I was weather. Really it's the weather, I'm it's telling so, you. <laughs> it has to be. 
because you know you go to I have friends from Italy and, and Spain and it's, it's they're Europeans but it's a little bit different so yeah I mean we we uh, it's funny what you said about the closer going deeper faster with checks because that was sort of the wake-up call for me when I spent a few months in the states my mom had some medical issues still does sometimes and when I was there in 2009 I realized like okay let's see if I could come back here and I realized how fast and deep the friendships were mm. happening or deepening. And I think maybe it's a language thing. I, I don't really know exactly mm. because uh, I do have close friendships with my Czech friends. It's just it took a lot longer to get to that point of openness. Whereas, you know, Californians are like, hi, do you want to you see the inside of my... No, <laughs> you know, like, it's just a little way open. So when you're used to that, it's I think what we're used to, and we're able to find the way to connect much easier somehow. But yeah, yeah, it's, I don't know. We'll, we it's yeah, it's a journey. This whole shift. Mm, so <laughs> a new chapter is awaiting you now. Um, yeah. Well, good luck but with I everything. <laughs> and I haven't actually. I mean, we have a handful of American friends, hmm. but most of our friends are expats of other origins, and we just have a handful that are. Americans, so it's going to be interesting. I said to Mats, actually, the thing about it being an expat that is relaxing, that is going to be hard to go back, and he'll still have, but I won't, is a, you know, you go to a cafe or you go out in public, and you can either choose to listen and understand, or you can have it just like an ocean of music. And I said, I won't get that anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, you know, going out to a cafe and I want to write, mm, I don't know, we'll see how that works out because I'm going to have to hear about so-and-so's boyfriend and yeah you know, yeah isn't this interesting how the language kind of creates a bubble around you especially if it's like your own little thing and I guess it's different with English because it's so spread out and so international pretty much everybody can understand it so you got to be careful anyways but we check in Australia well what are the chances someone will understand well actually pretty high because of northern beaches where we live there's a lot of checks a couple awkward situations have already happened, but uh, <clears throat> sorry, I have a little bit of a cold today. But yeah, it, it's it's good how it can create a little bit of a bubble, and you can kind of separate yourself from the environment and Secret just language. yes, yes, it, that can that can feel very reassuring actually sometimes and provide like this little safety safe space for you. Yeah, but um. Connecting to this, like living in a country and but coming from somewhere else and speaking your mother tongue in an environment where that's not the the native language there. I was gonna ask you about your podcast because you've got the Imperfect Parenting podcast. And how are you finding it um like creating this content in English for English speaking audiences? being based in Europe or Czech Republic or Sweden at the moment, like, do you feel some kind of a discord there or like you don't think about this at all because it just comes so naturally to you or like, have you ever, I guess what I'm asking is, have you ever tried to reach like Czech audience as well? Obviously not through speaking Czech, but through the content you create, even if it's in English or how are you thinking yeah, about that? I, well, I mean, we never, at, at first, I, yeah, it's absolutely been on my mind. I mean, I think that the first challenge is, for example, that sometimes there are things that we really have... In, first, it started with affiliate, which, I mean, we're not into making money at the moment, but that moment will come. But when I looked into, for example, uh, 
you know, it's not like they pay you tons or anything, but it was also just to be able to make it easy for, mm. for our audience, like to be able to connect to products that we found really helpful yeah. or travel or this and that. And suddenly I found out that, but we have, I could see where our audience was and I'm thinking, great, there isn't something set up that with all the laws and whatever, where you can just have a one click and it's, you know, everybody has Amazon. It's all, even the Amazons are separately. So that was the first thing I was thinking like, it's a, uh, and, and Czech doesn't have Amazon, for example. Mm -hmm. And I tried to connect to Alza and they kept turning off my account and I couldn't figure out why. So I gave up. So first of all, just being able to do things that local podcasters in Czech can do, I found really difficult mm -hmm. um, just to make it convenient for, for the audience. But then I was always thinking, like, I first of all, of course, have people on that are Czech. So there are some people listening who are Czech audience. I would be thinking... For me, I think most things I feel, as, as I said before, that um, as mothers or parents, there's certain things that are similar. So I, I, I'm not focusing on um, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to are very American or very Canadian or and, and for marketing, that makes sense. But for me, it's actually about trying to break that border mm. and try to find our common lines. At the same time, I have had... Uh, for example, I did a. I've been putting meditations on slowly in different languages, and the first one I wanted to do was English and Czech, because I wanted to give something to the audience, the audience that were my people. That would be a bit working with mindful things at the same time in the madness and wanting to connect to their kids. So it it, it was a factor trying to find a way to please and and make it make sense for both English and Czech speaking is really tricky. So it actually was kind of the first time I realized what the heck am I doing because fuck there were like five podcasts in one week because I wanted them all to be downloadable I knew that the Czechs might not want to listen to the English podcast blah blah part so I made everything separate so there were like four there was a for kids for parents in English and English then in Czech and then in Czech and then there was the podcast so I had five in one week and I didn't really think that through. I was like, wow, that's five times the work. And when I was at that time, like really mm. uh, going up to the border of launch time to do everything because we hadn't figured it out yet. So it was kind of funny, but I don't regret it because I really, a combination of wanting to support uh, the people that I know who are creating things for people, I want to support that those friends and encourage them like you could do a podcast or you could do this with more people and at the same time bring something to the audience but it definitely I found it's a continuing challenge to find the balance yeah. to please and you can't please everybody and I know that uh, in the end if I have to be honest I know that my people are the ones who speak enough English to understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying who are um, who have already been on a path of some sort of spiritual, mindful something, even if they're a bit lost now in the mom dadness, uh, and 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 being on their path and in purpose and being as present and conscious and kind or whatever to their kids is like the main thing. So these are the things of reality. So as much as I'd like to be able to speak all languages and everybody understands perfectly the reality is I you know it's not reality but, uh, uh, but it's still in check and I still respect it and talk about it with kindness and it's part of my heart so yeah well it's <laughs> actually so comforting to hear you say all of this because that has been like my number one dilemma since starting my business really like 
yeah, in the beginning in Australia because I am torn in between like some content. I always feel called to do it in Czech because that's just how I think about it and how it naturally comes to me. And that's how I am, yeah, called to do it as well. Like I want to do it in Czech because it just feels right, you know, but it doesn't make yeah. any sense whatsoever from like a practical, rational point of view, economic point of view. So when I first moved to Australia, I was just starting my coaching business because looks like we are sisters basically or like twins <laughs> yeah. in everything we Apparently do universe. yes <laughs> parallel <laughs> universes and I throw, not like you <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh and i just felt like when i got into coaching and like all these ideas i just felt like oh my goodness like this is exactly what the chick environment needs you know like this yeah. mindset of like you can be the creator of your reality. You can change everything. You don't have to be in this victim mentality all the time. Like, oh, this has happened to me and I have no control over it, which I kind of think is like an overpowering theme of the chick mentality yeah. in general. And again, just like you, I say everything with love because this is my home. That's where I come from. But that's why I can, I can yeah. be critical of it as well. <laughs> but um, I do the same with the American mentality. Yeah. I'm like, look, I, I know we're loud. I know we yeah. talk too much. So, so I was like, I want to work with Czech people also because, again, like me being Czech, I understand Czechs. I understand how they think. You know, I have most connections over there now. I live here in a completely brand new space. People, I have no idea about how they think, you know, their history, their whatever. And, you know, I got to say that like six years in, I don't feel like I'm any better in understanding Australians than when I was in the very beginning, maybe a little bit. So it's very difficult to work with. A mentality a culture that you haven't grew up uh, yeah you you haven't grown up in because again like it takes much more energy much more effort to actually understand but then, then again like economically makes no sense whatsoever because chicks are never gonna pay me as much money as i would actually need to make it profitable in australian yeah. currency and at the same time earning in check crowns makes no sense whatsoever when you make the math in Aussie dollars right. so yeah that kind of hasn't really worked and I haven't really figured it out yet so basically my only progress is that I have allowed myself now with what I do like these podcasts for example or my YouTube videos I do content in whatever language feels right for that very topic and the maximum I can do is just do it twice in both languages if I feel like that makes sense or I just yeah. put subtitles to it but for example uh -huh. with these podcasts just like I was saying before we started recording like originally I thought this would be part of my Czech podcast but then I thought like actually makes no sense because people who speak English will never listen to something that is written in this alien language that looks like it came from extraterrestrials right so and obviously i do want english-speaking people to listen to our conversations so yeah i guess this whole blabbering point was about saying thank you for giving me a little bit of comfort that i'm not the only one dealing with this issue <laughs> no and i'm really glad though to hear you know when i listened to you like what was coming up is when you were talking about how you Basically, you're, you're following your intuition as to which language you should do what in. I mean, I think the, the monetizing thing is always a challenge, you know, especially if you're dealing with a world audience versus just your area. 
but I, I think it's really great that you're still have the capacity to do things in both languages because I think that what you are offering the Czech community is really important. And uh, so I don't know how that looks for your energy split in the future, but I, I, it's great that you're still putting it out there because I think they're, you know, having started, ha having uh, started again back in the coaching world in Czech when there was no coaching and you had to explain it for 20 minutes before you even could talk about, you know, what... And people were very skeptical towards it as well. Different people are still like... But the, but the thing is, is that the coaching is still very overall very businessy yes so uh, and even I got sucked into that sort of whirlpool of like ew, why do I feel so uncomfortable in this situation where I'm coaching because this is not me it was like mm -hmm. a I had gotten pulled into the the box of what coaching is in Czech Republic now it's not everybody but it was in the beginning very much like very cool business yes very like what you were talking about when we did our our chat about how normal coaching didn't fit you and I think that that was a big piece for me too because it was like but I'm from California I know coaching looks different than this it's been around since the 90s I know that coaching can be it's intuitive coaching there's you know coaching. coaching there's yeah. coaching there's like karma coaching there's everything so how did I get stuck in that as well but it's it's your environment does affect you and and whatnot so anyway it's a it's a funny thing that happens so I think that uh, people are still not sure what that means when the word coach is next to somebody's name because that's still evolving and it's still expanding. People are still recognizing that it can be basically anything. In many ways, it can be any topic. It doesn't just fall into one box and that's what it is or isn't. And uh, so, yeah, and I think that people are skeptical because they're cautious to spend their money on a scam. You know, someone's just trying to take my money. And but also... Blah, blah, blah. Like going back to the languages, I find that that plays a huge role, which again, you don't realize until you start doing coaching in both languages, because <laughs> English is just naturally like very proactive language based on uh, verbs, you know, and uh, you've got all yeah. these different types of verbs, all different tenses, and someone's doing something constantly, everything is super actionable. So it's kind of built in the language already, the whole coaching idea of like, you go, you do something, your life changes, you become a better person or whatever, you're just living a better life that you always wanted. Whereas Czech is not like that at all. Czech is just much more passive language. Yeah. And doesn't have that many, you know, like, I, like to this day, and I was trained as an empowerment coach. To this day, I don't have a translation for the word empowerment because there's nothing oh, like God. that in Czech vocabulary. <laughs> That's literally an absolutely like out of, you know, yeah, like absolutely alien word that if you try to put it into words, like you would have to basically describe it with like so many words that you kill the whole purpose of the, of the, yeah, of the translation. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's funny because I'm learning, uh, well, you know, I'm dealing with language all the time. And I, I had this as well when I was, uh, I had clients whose English wasn't as strong. And we would be trying to find the words. And I was really surprised how many things I couldn't translate at all. And then I felt really, that's when I realized I had to work with people that had more English because there was so much that they were missing and vice versa, you know. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually working um with a company now it's a startup it's a called Wellme, and they have a, an app that's meant to be sort of coaching and keeping you on your path and so 
they said, do you want to be involved? I said, yeah, great. So one of the things I'm helping them do, and it's basically volunteer work at this point, but it's still fun to imagine that if somebody doesn't have time or money to go to a coach, maybe they could, you know, see how this works. I'm still curious myself, how it, but, but I, but the point is that I'm looking at the, all the screens that people are going to see before it's launched. And my uh, friend whose company this is, he's like, so can you just look at the wording? And so many times I just like, no, that's, that's not empowering at all. Like, you know, and I know he has such good intentions and his English is really good. But I, I really started to feel even more deeply be reminded because it's been a while since I've been working with words in Czech and Czechlish or English. I don't know what I'm trying to say. So, uh, uh, you know, and I'd look at this and I could feel the intention, like what he was trying to go for. But there was like there was a loss of power in each page that I was looking at. And I, I just I sat down with him and I said, look, I really see what you're trying to do. But this. No, <laughs> you know, it needs to be more uplifting. You, This yeah. is this is like I feel depressed and it's supposed to be uplifting me. And I know that you're trying to make it. Uh, something completely different. And I know it's not your fault. And I know that you're working a million hours at work and you're trying to do that. And I know it's about many things, but I really felt that it was in the language and the culture so deeply, like that, that there should be sort of an apology in this sentence. And like, no, if you're marketing yeah. this to English speakers and especially people who are looking to be inspired, drop the apology, <laughs> you know, don't be like, maybe this will happen. You say this will happen yes. and you will do this. It has to be like you are going forward, not maybe if you really, you know, it was like, I, and it's I do it exactly. too. And I'm it's it's back, almost I'm like, like I'm doing like a triple yeah. apology when I'm yeah. asking for something. Yeah. And like, I would never do that in English. You it's know? almost so. like Czech is just too careful for this type of a mindset. It's just like tiptoeing around everything. Because if you say it too directly, then you are just an arrogant asshole, basically, by definition. <laughs> well, it's. Well, I'm sorry, I don't mean if I jump into something else, but you actually just reminded me of a, another piece, this arrogant asshole piece. <laughs> it's like, I realized the other day when, when Mats and I were looking at, so what do we want to create? And reflecting on what has worked and what hasn't worked. One of the things, because we have we worked so hard not to be arrogant assholes and to be like, look at me, and, you know, we're aware of the whole tall poppy syndrome that everybody wants to chop you down to be level, or you're supposed to be the same level as everybody. I said to Mats, I said, oh, my God, I realized that I have been spending so much energy apologizing mm. for anything that we have that's more than other people, that there's no way that we're going to be inviting abundance in when I'm apologizing because we might have a, well, we used to have a nice car before he finished his work and we have a nice apartment and, you know, we're happy. I, I feel like I'm apologizing all the time for, you know, the fact that someone else might be uncomfortable. And I, I thought, I said to Max, like, I never have done that in my life, but suddenly it's not even that we have the most, I have friends with bigger, more amazing apartments and, and everything else. But for some reason people come in and say, Oh wow. You know, and there was like a judgment there. Yeah. Like I'm supposed to feel bad because I have a happy family at one moment or, you know, it's whatever it is. And, um, I, I really, I think that's also a piece is I don't want to be sorry for creating something. I want to inspire people. I want people to inspire me. Go ahead, make more, do more, show me it's possible. And I yeah. want to do the same for someone else. And like, you know, we all do it for each other somehow instead of, you know, 
that I'm supposed to feel shame somehow, mm-hmm. at least in, in the circle that we are in. That's so what actually brought you to Czech Republic in the first place? <laughs> I followed signs. I actually had uh, I had traveled through Europe with a boyfriend uh, two years previous to when I came to Czech. Uh, I had decided I was going to move to this amazing little village in the Swiss Alps that had just captured my heart full of magic, la la la. And then I got there and I was like, right, there's 150 people here and <laughs> I don't speak German. I don't really, and I was told at every place I tried to get a job, like you should, because I was kind of, I don't want to do corporate. I don't want to do anything I've done before. I want to, um, I had been sick. So I was going there to hopefully live in a different way. I wasn't sure at that point if I was going to be well or not. So I was like really making some big decisions in my life. So I went to this village and then I realized no, this isn't the right decision. If I want to meditate for the rest of my life, that's great. But I was 20 something and I wasn't really there, you know. And as well, everybody said, you need to get a German boyfriend or a Swiss boyfriend in order to learn. I'm like, what? <laughs> in order to fit in or something like yeah. this. And I didn't like that answer. So I said, okay, universe. It was pretty amazing little village. Um, I sat outside one night and I said, if I'm supposed to be in Europe, you need to send some sign right now. And within the same week, two different random strangers that were walking through town said, you need to go to Prague. No reason, just you need to go to Prague. And so I did. And then everything fell into place super magically. I, I actually got hired for a job without an interview. She simply asked what my sign was and where I came from. And what then kind of a hired. job was that? It was a management job at Club Rado so it was really like, cool. a, you know, lounge, club, music, food, mm. bar thing. And I was really wanting, like I said, some completely different experience, which I definitely got. But uh, yeah, it was bizarre. And I and the same thing, someone came up to me, said, aren't you looking for an apartment? And I got something for 750 crowns. That's like the equivalent of like $40, $50 for a three bedroom with a, with a lady who did yoga. And it was near the forest. It was, it was you know, in the it was 90s, amazing. right? Yeah, it was late yeah, 90s. Yeah, 90s were crazy. <laughs> the crazy time. Like, if I had had the concept of buying something, maybe that would have been smart, but I wasn't there. So, yeah, so it was that was the main thing, and, and things were quite magical. And I felt like I had, uh, an, I have since been, you know, spent some time mm. briefly living in Hawaii, and, and in Kauai there was this whole thing where the universe in that particular, something about the energy there that really puts your stuff up in your face, like, let's work with this, let's progress. And I felt that in Prague, at least, especially in the early years. And uh, there was a lot of spiritual stuff happening for me because I had a lot of internal alone time in many mm. ways. And I spent a lot of time at Chayovnas. So mm. there was something that, that clicked in for me. Oh, my goodness. There was such a boom of Chayovnas, of tea rooms in, in Prague at that time. Well, that was boom yeah. of everything, really. I remember then, the first McDonald's yeah. and everything. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's where you met your people. And they might not have spoken speaking spoken English but they were like they were interested in you know I was doing Reiki and there was different mm-hmm. things I was interested in and uh, and they oh, were so there you, you're also a massive hippie you don't you don't say that too often no, I don't in your really podcast and I, 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 <laughs> I, yeah there's a lot of things that my, my husband always says is there anything you haven't done or been into and I'm like well you know <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I grew up in Northern California, so there's a lot of things that I just consider normal, which people hear like, oh, you're such a, 
I mean, I often say, oh, I'm from California. And they go, oh, okay. <laughs> but you know, I wore shoes and I worked in corporate. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not like the don't, you know, shower hairy legged kind of. Yeah, me type. too. I, I worked in, so, you know, ExxonMobil. Go figure. And, I, yeah. <laughs> so, and it's a, the, the, the biggest petroleum chemical um, <laughs> company in the world. And I do tarot readings now. So, you know. <laughs> I, I think I think it uh, gives perspective, and yeah. I um, I'm thankful for that. I guess you can say so. Yeah, there's a you no, know, you know, and what and what you just said is actually kind of a point that I've been working with. I would say for the last ten years, which is I've always kept my my deep spiritual beliefs and reality uh, separate from my work, except mm-hmm. when I was doing wellness and when I was doing the massage and Reiki for a while long while and I, I still can do it I just don't but uh, I, I always kept that separate from my businessy corporate whatever was going on I kept that really separate I've often had split lives and it's only in the last 10 years that I've been merging them mm. I think it was actually partly about privacy mm. I, I felt it very intimate and I felt that not I didn't always want to be vulnerable with strangers in that way for me it was very vulnerable to show yeah. everything whereas now I realize the opposite I think for true connection and to really serve the whole purpose, you know, on the planet thing, uh, that's somewhat necessary. So it's a, it's an, it's an interesting thing. So I'm still working with that, you know, this whole raw, real and yeah. unfiltered. I'm not quite there. <laughs> I realized that was the intention, but I realize I'm still working on that. And part of it is that we're still dealing with some strong politics and whatnot with our my husband's ex-family there's some weird stuff going on in the background so I'm not quite at the full exhale yet but it's slowly happening so that's partly why do you feel like motherhood has had any effect on that like blending the spiritual part of yourself into the rest of your life I think it started before Ella it started with a really shockingly honest guy at a networking event who said oh I always thought you were a stuck-up bitch full of yourself and I was like wow what am I putting out to the world Mm. like you know I when I get nervous I have a tendency to talk too much yeah when I really just want to sit quietly in the background and watch but I don't want to be a weirdo (laughs) overcompensate do to do okay so, uh, yeah, and that was the first thing I really started to look. That's when I really started to blend. But, of course, then you have the added piece, like you said. As a mother, you know, what am I teaching my daughter? Yeah. I don't want her to feel like she should be ashamed of her. For example, she's she and I are very sensitive, very highly sensitive people. That's us. And I don't want her to feel ashamed or uh, put down because she's, oh, my God, you're being oversensitive for example, or, oh, you're, you believe in that, you know, I, that's a important. So if I don't own my own yeah. core values and essence and spirituality and the things that are important to me that I may or may not talk about, um, you know, what does it, where does that leave her? Cause it's not do as I say, it's do as I do. So if she's watching everything I do and now I am, the massive responsibility. So, so yeah. I try to be more conscious about that. But of course, you know, I'm not perfect. So. Yeah, well, it's a journey. <laughs> massive. And actually, again, that leads me to another thing I just wanted to ask you about, or touch on, depending on how much time we still have, but 
we have time, right? Uh, um, dreams for so, we get tired. So Ella is three, you said. Yeah. And you had her when you were how old were you when you had her? Um, um, almost forty-six. Okay. So I wanted to ask you about the experience of being an older mother, because I know you talked about that in your podcast as well, and. Well, first of all, I guess I just want to find you, uh, find you. I want to ask you how you are finding it. Like, what is the experience for you? Because the reason I'm asking is obviously there's a lot of judgment around like the age of mothers today. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on us to have kids at a very specific age. And it's kind of absurd and crazy because if you have them too early, well, then you have ruined your life. And if you have them too late, then you've also ruined your life and you're irresponsible and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, you know, whatever people are thinking. And so, yeah, I wanted to ask you about how you're feeling about being an older mother and whether you face any of these judgments or how you're dealing with them. And yeah, just what your experience has been. Uh, hmm. Overall, I mean, I couldn't have done it another way. I, uh, I had people talking about like, let's have babies at 18. And I remember thinking, no, I want to live my life. I want to, I watched, I, I, I watched some people around me and I saw a handful of moms who hadn't really lived and therefore were leaving their families because they hadn't ever experienced anything. And I didn't want to be that person. So I knew for me, as even though I wasn't even an explorer until really until I was in my mid-20s, I hadn't been to Europe, only maybe Mexico or something. But I knew that I needed to live an experience. I didn't want to have any regrets. I wanted to be a mom and be like, this is what I want. This is where I always meant, you know, I, I, I'm in the right place. That's what I wanted. And I could reflect back and I'd seen some movie where there was some old lady and she had like a basket of all these memories and people she'd been with and, you know, and I wanted that. I didn't want to be with only one person and that's it. I, I knew that. I always knew that. So that was comforting. I always knew that I was going to have a girl since I was a child. So that was kind of a knowledge that I knew. I didn't know when, but I knew it was going to happen. Um, more I wasn't sure about. And that I needed to do it with somebody who it was love and partnership, not just because I was, oh, crap, I'm old. I better have a baby. That was super important to me. So just having that gave me a lot of peace. Mm. There was a there were some moments where people lectured me when I was 40. You know, my gynecologist, like a couple days after my birthday, was like, you better get to it, man. You know, it's now or never. I'm like, you know, it's either there's a love and partnership or there's not. I'm not just going to decide, oh, Hey, let's go down to this firming. So, I mean, some things were, were thankfully really clear, even though there were some rocky moments, you know, where I started to doubt because I was like, I'm so sure what's happening. Uh, but yeah, I, I was going to ask, like, have you had any freak outs? Like, because, you know, it's so easy today with all the pressure to be like, oh, my God, I'm 35. I don't have a, well, a child. You might not even have a partner at the time still yet, you know? And so like you can get into a real spiral when you are just like, ah. so have you had any moment like that? My spiral was more less about that and more about how can I be so sure, but still nothing's happening, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm putting all these intentions and I was working with myself and I was like, well, what am I, you know, that whole thing of, if I'm a conscious person and this and that, why am I, why am I not attracting the right partner? What's going on? 
And actually, uh, my freakouts were more about that. Like, mm-hmm. how, I'm so sure, but it's not happening. Am I cuckoo? Like, am I the one who doesn't know what I'm talking about yeah, or whatever? Doubting yourself, basically. Yeah. But that happened, you know, here and there. But it was actually, I don't remember where I read it or saw it or heard it. But somebody said, well, what if it has nothing to do with you? What if it's the fact that your partner is not ready? Your mm-hmm. person is not available. They're not ready yet. So it's actually not all about you, ma'am. You know, and I remember thinking, oh, wow, I hadn't even put that together. So instead of being hard on myself for not attracting it and, you know, why, how is this discomfort serving me or why am I waiting so long? You know, it was like that. Uh, I think uh, I never had the fears. Well, that's not true. I mostly never had the fears about um, I better have a kid before it's unhealthy, you know, mm-hmm. too late. I had women, I thankfully had my, my great aunt who just turned 100 said, oh, geez, you know, you know, had this cousin was 50 the first time she had a kid and this one was 55. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to be that old. I thought my mom was old. She was 32. And I was like, I'll never be that well, old. Well, because oh. at that time, it was old, right? Like, old. it was old at the time. Like, you were talking about the women who, who you felt like kind of missed on their life before having kids. And from my perspective, like a lot of these women, which are basically my mom's age, right? My mom's yeah. generation, they even feel resentful towards their children for yeah. such a long time because they kind of stole their lives from them, right? Like, And I, I, I see that a lot. Well, I see that in Czech. I see people who had kids because they either got pregnant or felt they were supposed to. Mm. And I, I remember when I came to Czech Republic, I had 24-year-old friends who were being told that they're, they better hurry up. And by their doctors and their families. So I was like, I think the thing that's great is um, in the in the journey of being an older mom is, uh, you know, there are a lot of older moms in California, in Northern California, where I live, because people have their careers, they have their kids later, they're not, they have the money to do insemination or whatever, if that's their choice. I, we didn't do that. But it was, it was, um, it's a norm, you know, there, whereas I don't feel it as much. It's, it does happen, but not as much a norm in, in Czech, uh, yeah. at least since I've been here, uh, there. And, uh, I think it's so changing now, like though. To, it is, it is definitely changing now. There's quite a few people who are older. And it's also, I, I, just, like, I just feel like the European yeah. environment is more conservative in this. Like, obviously it depends also what country you live in, but I mean, in many ways it makes sense, right? Like biologically you are, the most ripe, like an avocado <laughs> around that age, like around, I don't know, like even 22 or something, like super early. But then like your psychological, mental maturity is another thing, right? The, the, partially the reason I was asking you about your experience yeah. is that I am, I'm going to be turning 33 in October. And mm-hmm. I actually now with having a toddler because Josefina is two and a half, so pretty much the same age as your daughter. I am exhausted. I'm like, man, I should have had this child like 10 years ago because I would feel like so much fresher, younger. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's an illusion. But it actually crosses my mind quite often that I'm like, "Mm, maybe I should have had her a little bit earlier. But then I also know that I would not be as ready as I was. And so like I obviously wouldn't have that many issues that I have kind of come to closure with and things like that. Which, yeah, well, you know, don't listen to me too much because it means tomorrow some kind of a storm is going to come to remind me I haven't actually resolved anything whatsoever. But, um, 
you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And sometimes yeah. I'm just thinking of like, yeah, maybe I would have more energy and I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, being chasing a toddler or whatever, if I was a little bit younger than what I actually am. So that's why I was interested about your experience as well. Well, that's funny that you're talking about that because ironically, I just wrote a blog in connection to, because I now do every, the first podcast of every month, which is the first Wednesday of every month is dedicated to older moms mm. and the rest is just whatever it turns out to be. But uh, I just did a blog talking about exactly that. And in fact, uh, I had been a nanny and a babysitter um, very early on and I remember yeah, I mean, in my teens, in my in my teens, maybe I didn't feel it, but in my twenties and in my thirties, when I was working with kids, I was fucking exhausted. So it helps me to know that I was working with kids, and I didn't even have them twenty four seven. I'd have them like one eight hour day and another eight hour day, and I just by the end of the day, especially the little ones, I was flat out. And mm-hmm. I remember, so it comforts me to know that uh, no. <laughs> I, I actually find that for me, it more has to do with uh, where I am on my path. If I feel aligned with what's important to my soul, mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of energy during that time. For me personally, um, I get more energy. Of course, there's moments where life is overwhelming and you're just exhausted and you don't sleep. But uh, I find that the more I'm aware of myself and taking care, like kind of what we were talking about, the switch that's happened in the last mm. few months, really, uh, then I, I, my energy comes back somehow and I, I have more and it's making more boundaries and all those things where I'm taking care. Mm. Then I have more energy. It's less to do for me about age and more about, you know, where I am in my own self yeah. somehow. And, um, um, and of course if you're sick and you're, you know, you've had long days, that's different. Um, so yeah, that's it. I, I don't really notice it. I actually was thinking about that um, just yesterday. I, I'm not super aware of the differences between the moms. Maybe the only ages, the only time I feel it is maybe when people are talking about having four kids or something. I think no, you know. But I, I think it also has to do with having a very intense, energized child versus that mellow kid who sits in the corner with toys. You know, if I had one of those, I might consider having a second one, but that's not Ella. So Ella is just like, she wakes up and she's like, you know, opening my eyes. Let's play. You know, (laughs) it's like that for the rest of the day. And she's so hyper aware of everything you say, everything you do. Like she's just very super hyper aware. And then everything kind of connects with that. So, you know, I can't really, if I had two of those, I think I would fall over dying. So, and I have a couple of friends who made a decision, like maybe the next one will be mellow. And then and then it's an antichrist. Not regret, but regret. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I love my kids. You know, I love my kids, but if I knew, I probably wouldn't have done another one yeah. because it's just, there's, there's no space now. It's just too energetically. Much. Yeah. So, I mean, and everybody makes their own choices and, and you know, uh, in the moment it feels right and all of that. But yeah. otherwise, I, I feel, um, I, I don't have any regrets being an older mom. I mean, I think I, the fact that I know that most of the women in our family live really long unless there's an accident or something, uh, that I feel like I'm not, people say, oh, you're so selfish to have a kid so old because, you know, you're not going to be around. Well, I don't really worry about that. I kind of am aware that most of my, most of my health issues have to, for me personally, are often mind-body related. And, you know, I just have to 
I just feel that we're going to be around mm-hmm. each other. So hopefully that's true. And otherwise, I think it's not letting it get to me too often. I mean, I, I am aware of the fact that I'm the oldest of all my friends in Czech Republic, for sure. I am aware that when I go to California, most of my friends, their kids, with the exception of maybe three friends, all the other ones are in college. So yeah, that makes me feel, I feel my age difference more in that way because people are like, ooh, where are we going to travel to? But I already did that. I traveled. I'm happy to put down some roots mm. and connect with my friends and family. And again, if I hadn't done that before, if I had been living a miserable life until I met my husband and did nothing and you know, then I might feel it differently. But, um, and, and maybe it's also because I don't feel old, mm. whatever that, that a lot of the times my 20 something friends would be like, Oh my God, you're that old. You know, if we talk about age, so they don't necessarily feel it either. We're just women, people yeah. together. But I like what you were saying about knowing deep down intuitively that like it's going to happen for you and it's just the matter of how, but actually that's not in your hands. Like that's just going to happen when it's supposed to happen, which is also beautiful in a sense that like, obviously there is just no universal formula that can be applied on everybody. Right. And yeah, like you either feel it that like you need it now or that you really just desiring to become a mother but <clears throat> I think it's it's great from what you're saying in terms of like giving hope to women that might feel like oh my god I'm over 30 already and I don't even have a partner because you know the things are yeah. working differently than they did a generation ago and people can yeah. look at you like you're basically lost already like you know the family's not going to happen to you anymore also a lot of fertility issues lately like even in my circles and stuff like that but again like if you know somewhere deep but if you tune into this knowledge that is somewhere there that can give you a lot of comfort and can guide you as well like it reminded you it reminded me what you were saying it's kind of related but not really this is how I felt about finding my partner like mm. I had this knowledge and I believe everybody has that that like you know especially if you had at least a little bit of a good um, example in your life, you know what the relationship is supposed to feel like in Mm. your body, like what what that bond and connection and love, what it really feels like. And you can't put a finger on it because you haven't actually experienced it yet. So it sounds absolutely crazy. You're just thinking that you're just imagining everything in your head. And then you're trying to convince yourself with every other relationship that doesn't feel like that, that it doesn't matter because this thing doesn't actually exist. It's just in your head, just some kind of a dream that's back in there, you know, never going to happen. But if you trust it and then you meet the person that's the right one for you, everything clicks together and you're like, fuck, I knew all along. Like, I don't even know how I knew this, but... I just knew and this is exactly how I feel about David about my husband and I even have dreams about this that I'm with one of my exes for example and I'm freaking out in that dream because he's like proposing to me or something and I'm like oh man man this feels so wrong but I know I should be somewhere else with somebody else and that it should feel completely different but I don't know who he is, where he is, or if he's even real or not. And now, yeah. like, I'm freaking out. But And then I wake up next to him, next to my husband, and I'm like, 
oh, so relieved that I have actually found him and I know what it feels like and that I can trust this feeling. This just feels so vague in that moment when you were just, you know, in the middle of, yeah, second guessing yourself. It's, I mean, I think it's hard uh, to keep any like perfect line of trust and, mm. you know, intuition and every, at least yeah. for me, I, 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 yeah, I'm on waves, you know, so I've had moments where I'm just like, what? Okay. I, I obviously am crazy. You know, it's usually when I'm listening, if I make the mistake in a moment of listening to somebody else, yeah. you know, of their shoulds or their ideas or why are you still alone? You know, you seem like a cool person. Is there something wrong with you? Like, you know, whatever people ask, say the most bizarre things. And then you kind of, wait a minute, you know, because I also, I remember having other friends who were single and they're like, how can you just wait? And I, you know, they'd be, I went online for like a minute and I thought, this is misery. I just, this is not me, at least personally. I don't feel this is how it's going to happen or whatever, but don't, you should be with somebody. And I'd say, well, do you really want to be, I, I'm pretty content on my own. If it's being miserable with somebody or, you know, yeah, sometimes wishing I had a partner, you know, but you know, living a good life. I'd rather live a good life than, than know that I'm going to be miserable yeah, with somebody. Totally. Now, that said, there were moments where you're like, oh, this person's interesting. Could they be it? And but this isn't really feeling like I thought it would feel, but maybe I'm supposed to go this way. No, I don't think so. You know, there's this whole thing happening yeah. internally. But everybody, it's like the, the different jobs. I always felt yeah. like I'm learning more clearly like what it is I'm supposed to ask for. And and for me, the, my work, my home, and my husband all came at the time I, I basically had a moment of clarity and I was in that yay place you know when you're all connected to the universe and source and you're feeling like yeah everything's possible I did some writing and some vision boards and all that stuff that you do or whatever um feeling a bit cliche but uh I wrote out this is exactly what I want and either you bring this to me or I'm going home you know if this is where I'm supposed to be make these things happen, do it. You have three weeks. And I met my husband the week after that. This is so funny. I can't believe this. But you have to be really clear. And it's not easy to be clear. You know, it's one thing to say, yeah, I want a partner. No, 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 no. You have to be saying, you know, whatever it takes, this is where I'm going to be. Like when I was going to go to Australia, I knew I had to go to Australia. I didn't have enough work or anything else that made sense to get there. I just knew... At this time, I was going to be there. I don't know. And it's that trusting the middle part without trying to control it that mm. is the hardest bit, like it's, you said. It's crazy because my process was literally the same. And I've got like a whole course on this, on like how to get clear on what you want in a partner. Because my experience with David was exactly the same. I sat down and I wrote down like every little tiny thing that I want him to have or not have, including if he was, you know, boxes or like trunks or whatever <laughs> and, and and it was crazy like yeah he also appeared in like three weeks time or something and I was like Funny. until that moment I didn't even believe there would be a guy who I would find attractive and smart enough and interesting enough everything together because my experience was always it was either or right so yeah. that was the belief that I had like, yes exactly so yeah that that's crazy. It's crazy. We should we should totally meet in real life for like a coffee and find out what else connects us. <laughs> it's going to happen. 
for mm-hmm. sure in Australia or probably Czech Republic mm-hmm. I would say most likely those two locations okay. but no it's uh it's it's powerful and it's funny because it's funny that when you just were talking about the details I hadn't even really thought about it because I'm going through this process with this coaching circle of you have to be really specific about who you really want to connect with as far as you know your audience and your and I'm like oh, I, I don't want to give all those details come on but then I realized you know that's exactly mm-hmm. what's worked in the past is like yeah. I Where wrote like person, I wrote like person. four pages of requirements and then <laughs> then when we were dating on distance because he already lived in Sydney I was still in Prague I sent it to him in a letter that was funny I think I think he still has it somewhere hopefully <laughs> but I person who can share those with things with it's funny on our second date Mats and I did the same thing we had we each had lists his was a little shorter I can say than mine <laughs> a lot shorter his was like this big um, he was, whoa, my friend said, oh, are you crazy? Why would you do that? I said, then you know, you just like, mm-hmm. if it's the right person. We knew, we already knew at that point. Yeah. So yeah. it was an instant Second clarity. Day. But, you know, it's uh, all the things you're supposed to do and all the books and the people and the experts and the, all things that people mm-hmm. say. And But when you know, you know. It's just, yeah. you don't have to worry about yeah. anything, So <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Ariel, for the beautiful conversation. <laughs> It was great to connect with you again. And yeah, I won't be holding you anymore. Actually, I won't be holding myself anymore. I'm sorry. Like, we already have 8.30 here and I'm going to bed. I was like, why am I feeling lightheaded? And now I know why. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bed in like half an hour. Just, you know, I'm going to bed super early just to keep it safe, just in case my child wakes up in the middle of the night and cries, I bed, I bed, I bed again. Because she doesn't cry mama. She wants her I bed. In the middle of the night, that's what she calls for. <laughs> and and guess oh. what? Guess what? I wrote this article in Czech, by the way, on my blog last week about like how we um, regulate screen time and that we actually don't regulate it much and how she regulates herself very healthily. You know, what do you think happened like a, a day after? She started binging completely and waking up in the middle of the night screaming iPad instead of mom. So, <laughs> well, it, the universe has a great sense of humor. That's yes, all I like, can bam, say. Bam, bam, so, bam. You thought you figured well, it out. Yeah. Well, Ella as well has been getting a lot more um, screen time than normal because of the moving and the yeah. packing because I was one month by myself. There was no other way. Yeah. But I've discovered that when she melts down and freaks out completely because I'm not letting her watch something again, oh, wow, you've been watching too much. And Mott's like, just give it to her. I can't stand that noise. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 you have to write it out because that's the moment when you know you can't give it to her. <laughs> you have yeah. to just take a breath it's and just, read back. You know, it'll be like two seconds later playing with her toy. When she starts calling for it from her sleep, that's a completely whole new level. No, I think I, it was actually funny. It was actually funny more than anything <laughs> else. But yeah. Okay, so I'm, I need to go to bed okay. just in case she yeah, screams yeah, for yeah, her yeah, iPad yeah. again. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much. Uh, and yeah, hopefully see you again sometimes. Bye. I hope so. Take care. Bye. Thanks a lot for listening. I hope you found the conversation inspiring. If you did, please don't forget to share it with the world or leave it a little review. If you send me any feedback or a little love note to my Instagram account at Carolina underscore Kvas, or you can check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Carolina Kvas. Thanks again. I hope you have a great day and until next time. Bye.